morning. Welcome to the Friday show. Today we're going to talk about, this is really an important topic and one that affects a lot of dogs, a lot of owners, whether it's a puppy, uh, whether you, you, you see it right away when you bring a puppy home, whether it displays itself months later, whether it kind of starts off as a little problem and, and then months later it becomes a large problem, which generally happens if it's not managed or handled correctly. I mean, this reason alone gets more dogs rehomed or taken to a shelter than I think anything. And, and um, so I want to shed some light today on resource guarding and gulping. What I've learned in my experience with it, um, having puppies that have it, um, buying dogs that are that way. What does that really look like? What can we do? And I just want to start because, you know, I always feel like the best thing to do is just let's prevent it in the first place or let's make sure we handle it correctly as soon as we start seeing it or um, let's not even put a puppy in a position that they ever feel like they have to guard or gulp something and gulping means the minute you go to try to grab something from them they hurry up and swallow it right so that's gulping when I talk about like when they, when they try to gulp something of course guarding can be um, growling um, going to bite at you because you're trying to take a, a high value item from them or remove them from a high value place or item. So things can be dog food, a treat, a toy, something they're not even supposed to have like a sock or a shoe, um, a person. Dogs can resource guard their person. So if someone else goes to get close to them, they snap and growl and go to bite at them. Trying to take a dog off of a couch and they think they own the couch and they're trying to guard the couch and then they could display um, aggressive behavior. I, I will say as a whole, this is, this is just part of, it's not an uncommon thing. It's still a, a dog thing. What I have learned though, is I really do feel puppies are kind of predisposed to it or not. It's either kind of in their in their temperament or it's not, um, you can push some dogs to the point of thinking, geez, you would think you would think they would, you know, guard or guard, gulp something. And they never, never, ever will. It doesn't matter how they were handled, mishandled, mistreated, loved, respected. It doesn't matter. You get those puppies that we have the best intentions and we're just trying to like go take a sock away from them so they don't die by eating it and they growl at you, right? So Puppies either have the predisposition to do it or not. So I just want to clarify that immediately. Many times it can, not always, but many times it can be seen starting as early as six weeks old. So if you're working with a breeder that raises their program, the Empowered Badass Breeder Way, that's working with them every day in curriculum, that's putting them in positions that mm, maybe they will try to resource guard something, especially in the puppy evaluation, I've seen puppies try, they get really intense about their toy, right? And so it is then my job to ensure that my clients are educated. Hey, this puppy is already really intense about their toys. This is what it could mean. This is what I'm concerned about. This is how it has to be handled if you decide to choose this puppy. So really all it comes down to, like everything I believe in, is transparency, full disclosure, um, and education. However, it can also be true that there's no, I didn't see it coming. 
I, I would have never thought that dog would have been a resource guarder and many times um, probably wouldn't have been, but then things well-intentioned were not handled correctly and it just made things out of control and, and into a problem. Um, I've had some of my, my worst puppy resource guarder. Um, I didn't even allow that dog to be placed. Um, that dog ended up going to a professional trainer who knew like this is never going to be an issue. That dog has never had an issue. That dog is four or five years old. Anybody can do anything to that dog because when you manage it correctly and you change the conversation you're having with the dog, ultimately you change your value, then it doesn't ever need to be a problem. I'm going to talk today about when you bring home a puppy, whether or not you think there could, you should. Every, every dog can bite. Every dog can guard. We have to just know that going into it. You're buying a dog at the end of the day, okay? Like this idea that we should be able to do whatever we want to a dog, whatever we want, and they should be completely compliant. Um, I think that needs to change too. I think there needs to be a level of respect and understanding that at the end of the day, this is a dog. And do we want to be able to trust our dog to be able to do anything to them and our kids do anything to them? Absolutely. But you know what? We also need to earn that through respectful communication um, and a honest and firm and consistent relationship with them so they never ever think they'd have to guard something to begin with. And so that's where I want now. The frame of mind to change is I never want, to me, if a puppy growls or tries to guard something, one, it's my first sign. I need to fix this immediately because if the this is going to be a problem. The communication is not correct here. That puppy's confused because I don't care about what they have, but yet they're willing to growl about it. So we have to change the communication of the value of that item. I don't care about. And the problem is we often make such a big deal about what they have that we make it worse and worse and worse. For example, I had a client who said, um, the dog was like three years old, never had a problem with guarding, um, always loved to take the boys hats. She has like three boys in the house and they all wear, you know, baseball caps, hats. And this dog had this funny it really was just like a funny, quirky habit, kind of. She would take all the hats. He he would take all the hats, take them to his bed. It had never been a problem before. There was never signs of aggression or resource guarding. But he would continually collect the hats. Well, over time, the boys were getting frustrated by this behavior, clearly. You know, like you don't want your hats being taken and you have to go find it on the dog bed and now they're laying on it. And I know, I know like you don't want your hat to smell like dog and, and like be misshaped and everything. So think about it from the dog's point of view. So the intensity changed a little bit, number one, because humans are frustrated by it. So they're going over with more intensity and taking the hat. But what they were doing was adding more value to the hat, right? And the other thing they started doing is when they'd see the dog with the hat, they'd start chasing the dog, catch the dog, take the hat, these are all things we do that we don't know any other way. So I walked her through what I call the treat game. I walked her through. I said, no more chasing with the hats. 
don't give a crap about the hat. Don't ever take the hat away while the dog is there. In fact, let's change this conversation that the only time the kids approach the dog on the bed, they're actually offering them something better. Okay, I know this sounds crazy because you're like, what, am I rewarding them? No, you're changing the conversation of those hats have no value. I don't care about the hats, so you shouldn't either. And in fact, I always give you something better. So they started going up, well, really not even going up to the bed. I had them start calling the dog away from the bed, offering them a high value treat or offering him something he really loves. When he wasn't paying attention, he didn't realize what was happening. The, the hats were all collected very quietly. There was no more chasing. There was no more intensity about the hats. The humans, like I told the humans, like you have to act like you don't care about the hats. Everybody has to act that way. <laughs> like we don't care about the hats anymore. And in fact, we always give you something better. And it instantly within three days, I call her and she's like, oh my gosh, this is a completely different dog. Like we didn't realize, we didn't mean to make this into something it shouldn't have been made into. And I'm like, I know you didn't. And I'm so glad you called me. All it took was a difference in changing the value um, and communicating differently with the dog. And there's never been another problem since then. So it is truly about changing that communication and changing the value with the dog. So I want you to now we have to think about we are, um, we're not going to be takers, we're going to be givers. Now I know you're sitting there saying, well, Janette, if my dog has something dangerous, I'm going to take it away. I understand what you're saying, but if you implement this treat game from the beginning or now, no matter how old your dog is, and you make this a fun game, that every time basically you say treat, they're going to get a high value reward for doing nothing but coming to you, coming to the fridge. I always make it about the fridge because usually you're home, right? And they could be anywhere in the house. And I know there has to be something in the fridge that they're going to like. Like sometimes I'm walking to the fridge thinking, do I have leftovers? Have I made steak? Do I have any rotisserie chicken? Crap, do I have cheese? What about, do I have lunch meat? Please tell me I went grocery shopping. I'm like having that conversation with myself before I get to the fridge, hoping I can give them something high value. I'm not going to be a, a taker. I'm always going to be a giver. I'm going to change that relationship with my dog that I give you everything you need. I provide from you. You never have to worry about me being a taker, a taker. I chase you and I take. I open your mouth and I take kind of person. You'll never have to worry about that. And what happens later on then is that you can do that and they're like, they don't care because you've, you've changed that relationship with them to begin with. Okay. Nothing they should have has any value to you. So even though, even though what they may have is dangerous to them, poisonous, dangerous, you have to not act like it's a big deal. And this is why I need you to teach them the treat game because then all you're going to say is treat. And I'm telling you, one or two things will happen immediately if you do it correctly. They're either going to drop it immediately and go running to the fridge before you even get there. Or two, they'll carry it to the fridge with them because um, they're proud of it or like it's a shoe or a towel and when you go to give them something they're going to drop it now don't you still can't act like you care about what they had so I wait and try to distract them and I'll talk about this again and then I'll so I give them a treat sometimes I have to give them two or three or I'll toss a treat so it distracts them I don't want them to see me picking the item up I don't want them to see that I give any value to what they have Okay. Um, some puppies, dogs are predisposed to guarding. We've already talked about that. I, I definitely 
have seen that over and over. And what I do know, though, without a doubt, if we teach all puppies this game, then we we won't have any problems with guarding or gulping again. And this is life changing for our dogs and for you having a dog in the house. Okay, but how we respond or react will set the tone. So again, you have to take the intensity, the frustration out of it. You have to be completely neutral. You have to be like, I am the Pez dispenser. I hung the moon and the stars. I will always give you something better. I'm not a taker, I'm a giver, right? Like, I'll give you whatever you want. I'll give you something really good. Um, you don't have to worry about guarding anything in this pack in my in my family around me. Like I never ever want them to ever feel like that's what they have to do. Here's how we teach the treat game. Week one after taking your puppy home. Once a day if possible, you're gonna wait for your puppy to be interested in something else. Walk up to them and put the tasty treat at their nose and simply say treat. Give the puppy the treat, praise them, and that's it. I know you're waiting for more, right? We're just reinforcing the word treat means 100% reward and I didn't have to do anything. Like this is amazing. This human walks up to me and gives me a little tiny treat, says the word treat, and I get a treat. It like falls from the heavens, right from the human really, right? That's the idea. And they didn't have to do anything. And now they're gonna follow you and look at you and you're just gonna praise them. And well, thank you for following me. I love that you love me, I love you too. And you see right then and there, puppies can only focus on one thing. So you're actually reinforcing this foundation of focusing on me and it's all for a positive reason, you guys, right? Like we're all doing this positively as prevention that it never gets to the place of them thinking they have to guard or gulp. So you're just going to randomly do that. And I know I talk a lot to my clients about don't go out buy a bunch of treats. They work for their kibble. There are two instances though, two exercises. I do say give them a, a high value, but tiny. They don't know any difference, right? They don't know um, a big piece of hot dog. They've never had it. So a tiny sliver of something is still huge for a puppy that's only had kibble so far. You have to start at the bottom. It's like, it, like hiring an employee and paying them at their highest pay they could ever get on day one. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way for a dog either. So I say normal training treats should be their kibble initially. The only two times they should get anything else, and, and it can just be a, a tiny piece of lunch meat, something that hopefully won't upset their stomach, especially bringing a new puppy home, is enforcing the puppy, puppy, puppy emergency recall and the treat game. And the treat game is going to be life-saving as well. Imagine dropping a bottle of pills on the floor and your puppy goes to get it and you're just like, treat, and they run to the fridge and sit and look at you. You can give them a treat, you can pick them up, you can distract them, you can get the pills picked up. What a beautiful conversation and interaction rather than the panic and the chasing and the having to have them vomit and trying to open their mouth and get stuff out of it, right? Very, very different. <laughs> that's the whole point, very respectful. All right, so that's week one. Then week two, I let clients know, we're gonna amp it up a little bit because before we were asking nothing from them, we're just teaching them the word treat means 100% positive reward for a high value treat. Week two, start calling treat and have the puppy come to you. I don't want barriers involved though. Like I don't want you to make it complicated and difficult and you're, you're in a different room or anything like that. I want it that they're fairly close to you. When the puppy comes to you, give them the treat and praise, that's it. So the only difference between week one and week two, it's week one we go to them. 
week two, we're asking them to come to us just, just a little bit, just, just come to us a little bit more. Um, but it's not very complicated and there's no barriers involved. Okay. Pretty simple, right? Now week three, we're going to get a little more complicated. Call treat, go to the fridge. Now I'm going to start enforcing. This is where the treat comes from as well. I mean, it does come from me, but this is where it's kept. Barriers and distractions can be at play now. Challenge the puppy and wait until they're playing with a toy. Wait till they're playing with the other dog. Wait till they're playing with one of your children. Wait till they go pick up that shoe treat. Now, if they don't come to you, they really should by week three, though. This is why it seems like, why do I have to wait to week three to do this? Because we just, we want to reinforce it that that word immediately means, oh my gosh, I'm going to get the best thing ever that nothing else matters and they come running to you. If they didn't, let's say they do have something they shouldn't have. You're actually trying, you know, for safety reasons, they have a sock in their mouth. You're going to go, you're going to keep saying treat, treat. And I, if you have to like put the treat right at their nose, they're going to drop the sock, give them a treat. Now distract them. Remember, don't just swoop down and grab the sock. I'll leave the sock there. Say treat again. Give them a treat. Ask them to sit. Start a training session. Go get a ball and play fetch. At some point, I'm going to put my foot on the sock and I'm going to pick it up. Okay? I'm not going to make it like it's so high value that I'm racing to grab it from them. Puppies love chase. Puppies love keep away. Um, I know most of you haven't raised a litter of puppies, but you should see them as a litter. It's so they're just like kids. Like they can have 15 toys, they can have 20 toys laying around. And as soon as one is interested in that one, they all want it. And they all start chasing each other and trying to take it and playing. And, and it's for whatever reason, all it took was one other puppy to want that toy. Now they all want the toy. And now that one toy becomes really valuable kind of like kids, right? If they didn't, if, if their friend has it now, they want it, even though it's their toy and they never play with it, but they had a friend come over and now they want to play with it because a friend's playing with it. So it's really kind of the same idea. And um, we want to make sure we don't add any value to any toy. We have to act like we don't care about the toy. The toy doesn't matter to us. Um, if they are having like um, an issue where you have seen a little intensity with a certain type of toy or socks, I say go buy a bunch of them. Um, you can also do what's called flooding and that would be another whole show. Today's really focused on preventing it from ever happening to begin with. And so if you have this really powerful, empowering way to prevent your dog from ever feeling like they have to guard, uh, same thing. If they're on the couch, you say treat, they'll come, they'll come off the couch. If Anything they have in their mouth, you say treat. Now it's a game. And now we have this positive experience, this foundation with our dog, rather than chasing, grabbing, growling, biting, frustration, tears. Like it, it just completely changes your relationship with your puppy. And that's exactly what it's all about. Now, once we get to week four and beyond, Keep doing this for a while though, and just more, just as importantly, don't forget you're the giver, not the taker. Don't forget, don't add value. Am I adding value to this? Don't add value to that. Don't ever chase. Don't act like something is so valuable that you're willing to compromise your uh, intensity as the leader of the pack, as the owner of the house, um, as the owner of the dog that you're willing to act like something so valuable that you're 
you'll chase the dog for it, open the mouth for it, fight for it. That, that puts you in also a really compromising position. Like, dude, I'm the, I'm the leader here. Like, I'm never going to have to do that. that. That conversation will never have to be had. And then ideally, later in life, if you have to take something from the dog, you just walk up to him and grab it. And it's no big deal. It's not a big deal to them. It's not a big deal to you. It's just no longer a big deal at all. But week four and beyond, you only need to do this a few times a week. Wait for the puppy to be really, really interested in something. Now try to make it more complicated. Uh, try to make it more distance, more duration, more distraction. So they're farther away. They're really playing with something high value. They're going to have to come to you through, you know, they're in the back bedroom. You yell, treat, 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 or however you want to say it. And look, at the end of the day, if you don't like the word treat, use whatever word you want. The word itself does not matter to me. It just made sense. It's like, I'm going to give you a treat. I'm a giver. Um, you love treats, right? I, I don't care though. You can use whatever word you want. Just make sure everybody's consistent in the household. Don't overdo it. There should never be anything negative tied to the word treat. It should be a hundred percent run to that fridge. You will get something good. It can also then now um, spill over to if you're not home, you're outside, you're out hiking, um, and they pick up something or you know whatever. You can say in, in this you should have some if you can have something on you. But I've had to, and the older the dog is, they still understand. But I've had to use the command treat, and I didn't have any food available or on me. And it was just a lot of love and affection and play. And then I'm trying to find a stick to throw to play fetch and just make it still like it was a big party to come to me, even though I didn't have a treat. So um, I, I try never to be in that position, but I still made sure it was 100% positive. I'm glad they dropped the dead squirrel and came running and we found a stick and played, you know, else in another way. It's all about distraction, right? Like, uh, making sure that we distract positively every single time. But really, there you go. For all of the heartache and all of the puppies that have felt like they've had to guard and gulp, it is a problem. Um, we've had puppies have problems with that. Every breeder will. This is not something that uh, anybody is immune to or any puppy is immune to. Again, I do believe there are puppies that are more predisposed to this temperament um, than others. But if we teach all of our puppies the treat game and all of you breeders that are watching, you treat your, you teach your client the treat game. We have the handout we send home. I'm like, put it on the fridge. This handout is in my badass breeders guide. It goes to all my clients that buy a dog. And it's in the software under um, forms so that you can give to your clients as well. And this will eliminate so much heartache for the families, for the puppies, and for the breeder. It's a really, it's tough. And I'll just be honest, you know, we send puppies home and there were no signs of resource guarding. And it can get to such a place where then the dogs have to be rehomed that it is a safety issue. And it's its really disheartening because it, if, it, if we could have just changed the communication from the very beginning um, and didn't let it get to that point then it wouldn't have, you know, and um, we're still going to be faced with rescue dogs and disadvantaged dogs that have been 
doing this for years and, and that's a whole different level of trying to fix and correct this. But coming as a breeder, someone that's sending home eight week old puppies, um, this is what every client should do with any puppy you buy and every breeder should be teaching every one of their new owners that this should not be an option. You should, every puppy should be taught the treat game. This should just be, this should become culture that every dog knows um, the treat game because then we won't see and won't have resource guarding and gulping issues and those puppies can stay in the home. And you know what? At the end of the day, they're so much more happy too. That is not a happy dog that feels like in their own pack, in their own home, they have to growl or bite over a, a toy when there's 10 other ones or guard, like guard and um, growl and bite over dog food. When you're the one buying them the dog food, they haven't gone without dog food. Like that's not a healthy state of mind. There's definitely some miscommunication there that needs to be resolved and fixed. And so um, for our eight week old puppies going home, let's just teach them this game. Essentially it's life saving command really. And for you as owners to make sure you change your value and make sure you're not giving value to a dog bed, to a dog toy, to a sock, to even a pill. So the puppies never feel like it's so valuable that the whole pack is willing to chase them or fuss or fight about it like they did in as littermates. Um, that it just doesn't have to work that way. That's not the way that the relationship will be. And that truly is what is powerful. All right, everybody, I'm Jeanette with 40 Kennels. We're only healing hearts and changing lives through the power of a dog, but we are also uh, changing breeding from bad to badass and teaching breeders as well, uh, taking them along this journey to truly improve the standards of breeding, the standards of educating our clients, the standards of creating dogs that their needs are being met. They're given a voice in their placement, even when... They may show little naughty signs of being intense with their toys at eight weeks old. Their voice was still given. Information and education was full and transparent. And those humans still decided or not decided to take that puppy home. And that is powerful. Have a great weekend, everybody.